are tuned in to Word of Mom Radio here on the Word of Mom Media Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our third show of Ordinary People, Extraordinary Lives. My name is Jeanette Paxia, and my sole purpose is to support others in living the life that makes them happy, because life is really too short to live unhappily. I started this show because when I was a nurse on the floor, I met so many people and we don't have a lot of time when we're nurses, you know, we're busy, but I would stop and talk to them and hear their stories. And I really felt that some of these stories were so inspiring that they needed to get out there. And just because they are not famous or didn't have anybody listening to them, the stories were going to die with them. And I didn't feel like that that was the way I wanted it to go. So I started this show to get people out there to get people out there that may not normally have a venue to speak. But today my guest is Dory DiCarlo. And Dory, we are turning the tables on her today. She's usually host and today we're going to be interviewing her. I met her a few years ago when I was on her show and right away I felt like we clicked. We have a lot of the same passions for supporting others and our focus uh, is a lot on the same things. But the thing that really got me when I was talking to her is she was watching her grandson at the time. And you could hear the love in her voice for her grandson. And now she has a granddaughter too, I believe. So uh, added to that, but her children, her grandchildren and her family. And to me, family is so important. So I really clicked with her on that too. Welcome, Dory. If you want to give us a little bit of information about you, maybe some things that... um, we're not aware of as that you haven't been able to share as a host. Hi, Jeanette. I have to tell you, I love your show. So I'm so honored to be interviewed. And, you know, it's funny. I I was just saying this to somebody last night that people keep putting these posts up on Facebook. What did you want to be when you were little? You know, and oh, who wanted to be a ballerina? Who wanted to be this? Who wanted to be that? I wanted to be a mom. I always wanted to be a mom. And so, getting to now share the joy of being a glamour, forget it. Because as parents, you know, it's a job. It's the job of mom. And it's not your job to be their friend. It's your job to be their mother. And you have to do all your stuff you have to do. And if you do the mom thing right, I think when they become adults, friendship happens. I don't have to do that with grandchildren. I just get to be the friend right off the bat. I'm Mimi. I could do whatever you want to do. Can I have ice cream? Sure. I don't care. Please. Thank you. Did you wash your hands up before you went to the F and after what you went to the bathroom? That's my only concern, you know, and then being sweet and loving. So I love that you, it touched you that Danny was there because he's been working with me since he's two months old. My granddaughter now is 14 months old. Danny's three. And She's done Facebook lives with me where she's waving at people coming in. And, you know, I love that I get to integrate them into my life and into the work that I do because sharing the wisdom of women is really the passion that I have. And as moms, we're out there caring for everybody else. We forget to care about ourselves. And that's why I love being with them because it reminds me to take care of myself. I love that you said glamour. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I've heard that one, but if I haven't, it rolls off of your tongue and it just, it really explains everything that, that you um, do with your grandchildren. And we can hear the passion in your voice, which is what I said. I, I connected with that 
And I always wanted to be a mom when I was younger too. I was, I'm gonna have this many kids. I said five. Um, I had two, but then now we have five with a blended family. So always wanting to be a mom too. Another reason that I think we connected. I wanted to ask you if you could go back today and give your 12 year old self advice, what would it be? Trust the journey. Trust the journey. It's amazing. I actually have a picture of myself that I shared with a friend of mine when I was 12 at my eighth grade prom. When I was 12, people thought I was 35. I was a 36D. I looked like an adult. And my brothers told me how fat I was, this and that. And I look back at this picture and I'm like, how could I have thought this girl was anything but beautiful? You know, it's amazing to me. So yeah, my 12 year old self, trust the journey. Don't, don't second guess. I, so many words in my head, horrible things that people said to me again, because everybody else looked like a 12 year old and I looked like a grown woman. You know, and so, yeah, trust the journey. Another thing we have in common, I also grew up quickly, looked older. And I think that as I get older, I actually look younger. But when I was young, I looked older and people would mistake me for my sisters or my cousin's mom. And it really affected me at that time. Think about kids and what is said to them and how it can really change their life depending on how they take that information and process it. Uh, I always tell the kids that I work with when I do speeches that it really doesn't matter what people say to you or think about you. All that matters is what you think about yourself. Look in the mirror and find all those beautiful traits about yourself and not the stuff that you don't like, focusing on the positive. But I would love to go back to high school and junior high school and tell myself, you're not fat <laughs> and you look great. So trust the journey. I like that. And really, life is a journey that you need to take the time and be present in the moment to really focus on that journey because you just don't know how many moments you have. That's why I say life is too short to live unhappily. Pay attention to the moment. So good advice. I like that. Trust the journey. I'm sure you have had a lot of accomplishments. I know a few of them. But what stands out to you as one of your top one or two accomplishments? Raising three kids. I was a single mom since they were six, four, and two. And they were never in daycare. They were never with babysitters. I worked when they were with their dad. And so that will, to me, always be the greatest accomplishment I've ever achieved is the amazing people that are my children and the contributions that they're now making to the world being the people that they are. And uh, work-wise, uh, I have always tried to do things that were going to make the difference in the lives of people I'd never even know. It was something I wrote in my life plan when I was 10, that I knew I would grow up making a difference in people's lives that I'll never have a chance to meet but I'll make a difference. That's great. So even at 10, you wanted to make a difference. Amazing. And if you were to look back at that time when you were raising your children, you were working when they were with their dad. So then that means when they were home, you were mom and not that you weren't mom when they were with their dad, but you were constantly running and constantly going. Did you ever think there's no way I can do this? 
Never once. I never, I never felt like, oh my gosh, you know, how do people do this? I was raised by a single mom and never once did my mother ever say, this is just too hard. And I never thought about that until my brother said it to me because his girlfriend living in her $600,000 house, they had just come back, her and her kids from their vacation in Costa Rica. And she was complaining about, you have no idea how hard it is to be a single mom. And my brother had heard it for the last time. and was like, I was raised by a single mom. Never once did we ever have a vacation or anything else. And never once did my mother ever say, this is just too hard. You have no idea how tough this is. So I loved every minute of it. I just did. It just, it never occurred to me that it was supposed to be easy. <laughs> if anybody ever told right. you that they were lying, I mean, it's life, but I got to experience the magic of my kids and, and the fact that I look at them now and, you know, I have two kids that are parents and how wonderful they are with their kids and how much time they spend with them. And it's, they had a mom that spent time with them. And so it, it rolls off. It's your investment in their lives. So yeah, no, it, it, it just always, if it did seem hard, I don't remember. It seems like you had a really, really good example on your mom. I did. That's great that you, that you had that example. Well, what were some of the obstacles, if you could think of any, because it also sounds oh. like there weren't a lot, but what would Plenty. be some of the obstacles that you had to overcome? Something that maybe stands out to you. You know what? It was always the money issue because, you know, we lived in a smaller place. My son once asked me, once asked, he said, you know, how can we daddy with daddy? We live in this big house and with you, we have a little place. And I said, you know, daddy's house comes through his job because he worked for a college and he had college housing. I said, but here's the thing. And I made it sound great. It was like my friend Sheila runs the daycare right down the street. Courtney could go there. You guys would get to go to the after school program, play with your friends. And mommy will go back to work, work, and then we can live in a big house and everything else. And they were like, no, we'd rather live in a little house then because it mattered to them that I was there when they got off the bus. It mattered to them that when they slept at daddy's, he would drop them off in the morning and I gave them breakfast and put them on the bus. And my daughter and I did our day and I did home health care and brought her with me. You know, I cared for this 94 year old woman who was bedridden when I got there and in two weeks was out of bed using a commode because my daughter was four and she's like, I don't use a diaper. I'm four. You're a big girl. Get out of bed. I Then she did because she had this sweet little angel who gave her a, you know, renewal of life. But yeah, you know, I mean, it isn't easy to be by yourself. I was fortunate. My children's father and I are the best of friends. We just didn't work married, you know, but we worked as parents and every other weekend when he would pick them up for that Friday night and I wasn't going to see them till Sunday, I would dance my way down the hallway because I had a weekend to myself and then I'd put my clothes on because I was working, you know, and I'd, I'd go right. bartender, I'd go waitress and stuff like that. Cause I would work every other Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So, you know, it was off to you work. You did what you had to do. Well, absolutely. you did what you had to do, but it, it, you always wanted to be a mom. So it didn't seem like a chore to you is what it, it sounds it like. It never was. Yeah, it never was. Well, what is something that you're proud of that few people know about? Proud of that few people know about. Um, that I survived. That I, you know, um, life was always a very interesting, you know, my childhood. I, I look back and 
<clears throat> I got coaching certification over the summer, over the COVID time. And so in doing all of that, you have to go back into your life. And I did, you know, I did not have that the childhood part of my life um, was very difficult because my father was so erratic and, you know, was a mover. My father loved to, he didn't like to be in the same place all the time. So my mother was just this expert packer on how she could pack up our house. And the next thing we know, we'd be moving somewhere else because my dad got bored where we were living. And that's why she put us in Catholic school. So no matter where we lived, we could stay in the same school. So, I understand that. you know, the, yeah, having, it was just a very, very different life than, than my friends growing up who, I have some friends who still live, you know, they, they bought their parents' house. And I never knew mm -hmm. what that was. I never knew what that was, that consistency of the same place. My girlfriend, my best friend laughed. She's like, do you have any addresses I have for you? I'm like, oh, shut up. <laughs> Just be glad you have an address. You know, so now do you, did you try to stay in one place then when you were older because of that experience? Um, not really. I mean, when we moved here to Connecticut, uh, the house that we lived in was probably the longest. When I set, when my husband and I got divorced, we were in a place for six years. Then we moved to another place for two. Then we moved here to Connecticut and we were actually in that house for 10 years. And then all my kids were grown and gone. I stuck my stuff in storage and I went on the road. My kids were like, you're leaving? I said, hey, I didn't have you to keep you. I'm a phone call away. If you need me, I will be here in a heartbeat. But yeah, I went back out on the road. I like that adventurous part of you. <laughs> Driving across country by yourself and exploring and, and mm -hmm. living life. I mean, seeing all there is, we have so many great things in the United States that you can yep. see and great spots and great people to meet that you wouldn't meet if you didn't do that. I think that it's great that you were able to do that. Just pick up and go. Yep. Leave your stuff behind. Stuff is stuff, right? You can't take it with you anyways. That's exactly right. I just, it's so funny. I actually gave a bunch of my stuff I went through. I had a storage room that I have had for years and I went through it. I took everything I wanted out of it and I signed it over to them. I was like, here you go. Just auction it off. I don't even want to know. Whoever's going to take it can have it. And they were like, but well, you can move all your stuff out. It's not like I wasn't paid and stuff like that. They weren't seizing the room. I'm like, just get rid of it. Let somebody, you know, what there was beautiful furniture in there. There was antique stuff in there. I kept my pictures and the, the ornaments that the kids made me and the things to me that really matter. The rest of it is just stuff. You my know? son said something the other day about stuff. And I said, think about it. If there was a fire, what would you, what would you really need to take out? You know, what would you need to take out of the house? And he said something about how important stuff was. And I said, really? What matters is life and the rest of it you could leave behind if you needed to. Not that anybody would want to make that choice. And right. for me, my mom's pictures, um, since she's no longer here, those kind yep. of things are more precious than anything I can buy. I'm there with you a thousand percent. All those pictures that are behind my head right now, I'd be grabbing those, the ones on the shelf, my mother's stuff, and I'm out the door. I've got one little case that has any personal stuff, papers in it, the rest of it. Again, it's stuff. it's nice to have, but it's yep, stuff. Exactly, people are more important, and I mean we've seen that really this last year with 
year and a half with um, COVID and what's been happening. So at this time, we are going to take a quick break and say thank you to our sponsors. We will be right back on Word of Mom Radio. She is brave. She is strong. She is you. Because you're that woman who's got a product or a service that you're looking to promote. Or you're out there seeking to support other women in business to help women learn, network, and build the businesses of their dreams. Because when you win, we win. We all know a survivor. Some of our friends and family have made it through difficult times. Some of us don't make it. Losing a loved one to cancer, a car accident, or any other unfortunate event can be crippling and unavoidable. But one of the hardest subjects to talk about is suicide. Too often, our youth decide that leaving this place is easier than facing the struggle forced upon them every day. More than one in four children go through some form of bullying or another. Most of us survive with scars, but for some... The inner demons created cannot be recognized or treated in time to ensure they make it through. Bullying in every form is very much avoidable. It starts with me and it starts with you. This is Kelly Carius from No Such Thing as a Bully reminding you to do your part when you see bullying happen. If you don't know what that is, call 403-447-4404 or go to nosuchthingasabully.com. Don't let the name fool you because stadiumbags.com has a line of clear bags that enable you to use your phone and your smart devices without removing them from your bag. Not only that, but the product is so good it'll stand up to the cleaning solvents that you need to use now to make sure that when you come home, you come home safely. So take a look at stadiumbags.com. You'll see why we're your clear choice because safety, it's in the bag. And we are back here on Word of Mom Radio. We're talking to Dory DiCarlo. We are turning the tables on her and interviewing her when she's usually in the host seat. We've been talking about places and all the different places that she's lived and, and been and how she went across country, put everything in storage and, and took a trip. You've been a lot of places. You've seen a lot of places. What would you say your favorite place that you've ever lived or been to is? Ooh, that's a hard one. Um, when I first, when my kids first moved out and I moved up to Bristol, Connecticut, I had a three-floor townhouse. That's probably my favorite place I ever had if I could take that with me everywhere because what the, the garage was a two-car garage. I turned that into my office. Conference room. I mean, it was phenomenal. And then you came up the stairs into my home. So I could go downstairs and, and because I've always worked from home. And that probably is my favorite place I ever lived, place I have visited. You know, I love Nevada and Utah and Arizona, Indian Springs. Arizona. I haven't been there yet, but every single time I drive through it, I get this energy surge that makes me want to live there. I want to get some land and just put a little house there and have a little space on that side of the country. I love that side of the country. The only thing that keeps me where I am now is my grandchildren. My grandson, I can walk to his house hour and a half to my other son and my granddaughter. If I had didn't have those babies, I'd probably be on the other side of the country. But I can't, I give myself five weeks 
and go on the road for five weeks. But after five weeks, I got to see those kids. <laughs> I just I can't. I'm, I'm not ready to not have them yet. What are some of the differences you've seen? So I'm a West Coast person. I have lived in many other states, including New, Jer- New Jersey. But what would you say is the biggest difference that you've seen West Coast to East Coast? West Coast to East Coast differences, the attitudes of people are just different. You know, I lived in Manhattan. Everything is just boom, 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 fast, fast, fast. And I was a West Sider. Then I was on the East Side. And it's just a completely different vibe. So when you go to Utah, it's funny. I think people move faster in Nevada because of the heat. So people (laughs) tend to just be on like, you know, super speed when, when they're out there. And then in California, it's kind of this, everywhere that I've been is kind of until you get into LA because people are just, I think it's the congestion. I was doing a a taping with Kathy Ireland where I was staying was eight miles from the studio. It took us almost three hours to get there. You, I should have just walked. I said to the guy, I was like, I could have walked here and back. And so I think that in that area of California, people are very uptight because they are stuck in traffic. Then when you get out to the other places, then you get that kind of mellow California vibe and stuff. So it's amazing to me just the differences you know, I've been to China and when, when I went to China, I actually, you know, talked to friends of mine and people that have traveled there because I wanted to know the certain customs I should know, certain signs of respect. Like when you take somebody's right, business card. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm Italian, so I'm very physical. I talk with my hands. Not a good thing for a woman to talk with their hands. Not a good thing for anybody to talk with their hands. So I kind of had to learn how to hold on to my pants. So oh, my I'd hands, be in you, trouble. You know, exactly. <laughs> my grandmother trouble. used to say that. Tire, you put my hands behind my back. I got nothing to say. So, you know, so exactly. But, exactly. You know, but the, all of those different things, you know, when I traveled to Europe, you know, my Italian side of the family, they used to joke. My aunt Bella used to joke that mama must've gone to Rome when she had my grandmother. I never understood that until I went to Rome and Sicily. Because in Rome, really? everybody is so happy and cheerful. And then you go to Sicily and it's like, there is no smile. There is no, you mm-hmm. say buongiorno to somebody and they, you know, and they just kind of look at you. <laughs> and I was like, now I get it. Now I understand. Because my grandmother was so bubbly and, and everybody else in the family was just like that. When my Uncle Maddie, yeah, my Uncle Maddie died. And my Aunt Josie, there I was, I loved him. He was one of my favorites. And I started to cry. She smacked me up against the back of my head. Bam. Nobody needs to see your tears. That was the Sicilian in her. Yes, and there's my that's me, Sicilian. Yes. But you, so you know. It's like you mm-hmm. suck it up. That's it. My grandmother's like, let her cry. Come here. You know, <laughs> Because mama must have gone to Rome when they had she had my grandmother. That's hilarious. But, I, yeah. I've never, we were supposed to go, I, I turned 50 this year amongst at the time had COVID. I was supposed to be in Sicily for my 50th birthday. My dad turned 80. I turned 50 and he was born in Palermo. Obviously we missed that, you know, with everything going on. So I'm hoping to soon to go. And then just, I want to travel 
I want to go to Palermo and then I want to just travel all the way through Italy and see all the different things. You will but love Rome. You will will love I? Rome. I can't oh wait. Oh my gosh. Rome is yes. so wonderful. It's so wonderful. It's where I learned to eat slow. You know, slow? as a parent, yeah. <laughs> as a parent, okay. let's face it, we shovel food because, right. you know, we're taking care of kids. Standing when up I, eating. When I came back from Europe, it takes me a half hour to make it. It's going to take me an hour to eat it. You know, I chew every bite. I put my fork down. I learned in Europe how to appreciate a meal and everything that goes into it. I make everything from scratch. Why should I whoop it down? Why shouldn't I enjoy the time I took to make it? I should take the time to eat it. It's so, true. Yeah. But a lot, a different lot of things times, that you learn. a lot of times people are in such a hurry that they do a lot of processed foods and it doesn't take as much time. I don't think you, when I'm not saying that that's horrible. I'm not, you know, I'm obviously a busy mom too, and have done that. But when you take the time to make a meal and put that love into it and you make it from scratch, I mean, I've made, you know, we make pasta from scratch at times. You make pizza and sauce and all that stuff. Cannoli is my favorite. You want to take the time to eat it and really enjoy it as a family, right? When you can do that, um, it is mindful eating is really important for many things, digestion, weight loss. And as we keep saying in, in the show today, being present at the time and tasting that food, I would never have thought though, since I haven't been there, I would never have thought that would be a lesson that you would learn from being in When Rome. you go, but, you know, let's face it here in the United States, you go out to dinner and as you're finishing your appetizer, they're bringing you your entree. Yes. When I go out to eat, I order my appetizer and they're like, what would you like for an entree? It's like, I'll let you know after I finish my appetizer because I don't want, when you are in Europe, you're in Italy, when you finish their appet your appetizer, that's when they start making your dinner. They bring you some so more fresh bread, digest, like a little and, wine. Mm -hmm. You're not going to go out to dinner and be in and out of a restaurant in 30 minutes. It's a two hour ordeal to go because they're not trying to turn over their tables. They're not trying to, they want you to sit and enjoy your food. They take the time. You're going to restaurants in Italy where they're, they are making fresh pasta. That bread got baked in their ovens. They want you to enjoy it. They want you to enjoy the wine that they got from Guido's winery you know because that's their cousin you know and things like that so yeah it's a it's oh, a wonderful wait. thing it is it's <laughs> just a wonderful to thing to to be in places where again where you are supposed to take your time you're not supposed to whoop down your food you're supposed to put your fork down between each bite and enjoy what you have you know and eat the cheesecake mm -hmm. if you want it because trust me if you get hit by a bus the last thing you're going to think of is damn why didn't I eat the cheesecake well and by the time i got to the cheesecake after that i don't know if i could eat it but <laughs> over three hours you yes. can because you're eating slowly. you digest <laughs> exactly your body has that chance and it's funny i'm not a dessert eater I like to share, I'll take my two bites, one for each thigh. Mm -hmm. So I, I love my, all of my friends are dessert eaters. So it's like, great. What are you going to let me have two bites of? That's good. And they're like, we can split them. Like, just want my two bites. Just I got want to my taste sweet. it. That's mm -hmm. good. You know, get not the, the biggest sweet eater. Get the taste of it and really taste the food, which is that mindful eating. A lot of experiences you've had, and it sounds like there's been a few defining moments in your life. Is there one that you would say has really changed the outcome in your life? Oh, and they placed my son in my arms. So the first time that when I held my first so how make me cry. Um, I understood. I think I, I looked at my mom because she was the first person I saw when I came out of the delivery room. My brother used to my youngest brother just the crap my brother put my mother through. And she just 
never hit the wall, never hit the wall, never hit the wall. And it's just like, mommy, how, you know, and she said, someday you're going to understand. And that was the first thing I said to her when I came out of the delivery room, I said, I understand. It Aww. just, it completely changed my life because there can never be hitting a wall when it comes to your children, you know? And, and all you can hope is that you give them wings and strong enough that any storm they fly into, they can fly out of because you can't protect yes. them. You can't, you can't cocoon them. You can't do anything. But yeah, that was the most life-changing moment because my life was no longer about myself. You know, there was something bigger than me out there. I always said that having, um, having children, now you have your heart outside of your body, whether they're with you in the home or, you know, once they go out and, you know, they spread those wings, your heart is always somewhere else too, mm-hmm. not only just with you, because the love you have for them. And I, I've never wanted to, I, I want to be successful and I want to help people. And my whole goal in life has been able to support people, but I want them to succeed even more than I've succeeded. And I want them to take that and learn from me how to do the job that is their sole purpose and what they really want to do and really spread those wings and do what they're supposed to do to not only enjoy life, but to help others. So I always say that my heart is on outside of my body now too. And whether you are a mom or you're a, or you just support other people in other ways, it's how do you, how do you give them those wings, right? Who are you influencing that you're giving those wings to and and allowing them to fly? And, you know, we have teachers, we have so many people in our lives, but um, I, I really, you really touched me because I know that you, you uh, actually started tearing up thinking about that moment and it wasn't yesterday. Right. But you still can connect with that moment. It actually was uh, still catches in my throat. It was 33 years ago in April, which is just, I haven't adjusted to the fact that I'm not 17. (laughs) (laughs) That my kids. How do you have a kid older than you? You mean? (laughs) I have three. I have three older than me. You know, what's the funniest when my daughter, who's my youngest, she's 29. When she turned 20, she blew out the candles on the cake that I baked there, you know, mom, dad, her brothers. And I was like, well, it's official. Mommy's the last teenager left in the family. (laughs) And even um, not my 12 year old, obviously, but all of the other kids are taller than me, even our um, 12. Well, so we have a 12 year old son and 12 year old daughter, even the 12 year old daughter is and I said, how do I have kids with beards and who are taller than me? It just doesn't, it doesn't compute. <laughs> it's like, how in the world did that happen? How did you get to be six feet tall? I'm five, four and a half. And I'm like, how in the world? Now my other 12 year old, my son is getting very close to my height. So I'm, sh- I'm sure he will pass it up too, but. And he will, you know, my <laughs> sons were, my sons were 14 because I'm just under five, seven. My sons were 14. My daughter was 12. She's just under six feet tall. It's an amazing thing. I was just telling a friend of mine, when I was younger, I used to draw myself what I wish I looked like. I wanted to be tall. I wanted to be, you know, not skinny, but model slender, you know, small breasts, kind of brownish, light brownish, curly, but not kinky curly, just wavy curly hair little freckles on the bridge of my nose and one tiny little dimple. I swear I manifested my daughter. My my daughter looks like I used to draw myself. Wow. 
And you know what? As a parent, all you can hope is that your kids have more than you had. They have better than what you had. And, you know, she'll never understand what it is to have to struggle with dealing with weight issues and stuff like that. I was never, I never let myself go where I got just, you know, sometimes you get to that point and then it's like, well, screw it. I may as well just go 300 pounds, you know, but I, you know, never got there. I was always curvy and I always had that voluptuous. I never lost that hourglass. It's just, you know, I went from being curvy to voluptuous to Rubenesque, you know, now coming back into the, you know, regular (laughs) size of the curvy kind of a thing. And it's funny. It's actually my grandchildren that kind of gave me the impetus to just trim off that last 15 pounds I've wanted to go because I just want to be healthy and have fun with them. I want to be around. I want to run around. It's your why. Play with them. And, and, you know, I got my bucket list because one of the things on my bucket list is say my kids all the time, look, you got to have these kids young enough that somebody, I don't care if he's got Mr. Magoo glasses on, will think they're mine. And (laughs) it happened. You know, this guy was like, wow, I can't believe you bring your baby with you to work. I was like, you know what? He's so awesome. I'm so I was in an office of it for a little while. And, uh, and he goes, well, you know, it doesn't always, they don't always come out like that. So, you know, your second one may not be, you know, my wife and I, and, and, and I'm looking at this guy cause he's thinking this is my first kid. And I said, yeah, he's just like his dad, you know, cause his dad he was <laughs> like, Oh, I thought this was yours. I was like, kicked off the bucket list. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That is, that is that is something that really can um, enlighten your spirits. Oh, are you having kidding? someone think that? Yes. Yeah, I, I came in. I was like, they thought the baby was mine. <laughs> it was like, how old was the guy? I was like, shut up. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Okay. It made mommy feel good. And if you paid him to do it, thank you very much. You yes. <laughs> Whatever you have to do. It seems like you have had an extraordinary life and you have done a lot of things, been a lot of places, really enjoy being a mom. There's just so many things. I think I could probably talk to you for another 10 hours about all that you've done. We are going to wrap up here, but before we do, what advice would you give our audience to help them have extraordinary lives? That same advice I give my 12-year-old self, trust the journey and realize that we spend so much time worrying about the past and dragging all of these horrible things along with us like Marley's chain or we're stressed about what's going to happen tomorrow and next week I have this and a month from now I have to do that all you have is right now this is it what today is is your day Tomorrow really never comes because when you wake up, it's not tomorrow, it's today. So live for your today, live for your today, make those moments matter and leave the things behind. If you're going to carry your memories, don't make them chains because it's all the horrible things that weigh you down. You bring your joy with you. It's like carrying butterflies. They're weightless. And that's, if there's any advice, just make the best today you can because it's what you have so focus on the joy exactly focus on focus on on this and even if it's a tough day you know some days are going to be tougher than others to find wonderful happening but it will happen and when you wake up 
in your next today, it's today. It's your favorite day. It's always been my favorite day. It's my favorite day because I never know what's going to happen. I never know what today is going to bring. And I just always anticipate some wonderful somewhere. Joel Olstein says, don't look in the rearview mirror. And I always say, focus on the gratitude. And anytime you're worrying about the future, really what you're doing is negative goal setting. So really just paying attention to that present. So we're going to end here saying, trust the journey, live in the moment. I want to thank everyone. We are going to close out the show today with our theme song from Smith Sisters, Bluegrass. So on behalf of everyone here at Word of Mom Radio, this is Jeanette Paxia saying, make it a miraculous day. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true. She is true. She is brave. She is brave. She is bold. She is bold. She is you. She is you. She is you. She is you. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true. She is true. She is brave. She is brave. She is bold. She is bold. She is you. She is you. She is you. She is you. Sure of herself. Yeah, she takes care of biz. Powerful and strong. Yeah, she knows who she is. Has integrity. Woman strong and for